tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. You know I'm here to do. I am here to rock. There we go. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you want to see me live, I'm going to be in St. Louis December 3rd through the 5th. Uh, joining me uh, on the uh, with his cool red headphones, which I think is some sign of the Illuminati. I'm pretty sure there's a guy doing a video on it right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> Throwing up the, the Mexican Freemason symbols. Please welcome Xavier Guerrero. What's up? How you guys doing? John, uh, when do you when do you do your hit new show? Uh, we don't smoke the same. When do you record that? Uh, we do it Saturdays at one o'clock, and it's a live show. So we, if you do super chats, we donate stuff. You might get a shirt signed by by Sam. I don't know. Just stay tuned. Saturdays stay at one o'clock. Stay tuned, dude. Shit is popping on that popping. show for sure. And live from uh, North Korea, North Carolina, Johnny Woodard. What's popping? Johnny, how is the farm doing in the big city there? Well, we uh, the, the the central heating has died about the time I got home. It's 30 degrees, and I'm freezing my testes off. I've had to go get a giant load of wood and stack wood all day, and I'm, I'm tired of it. i got to be honest. Manly shit. Here. That's some manly shit, Johnny. Johnny tired of you, it. Are you enjoying being home with the family, living off the land? Yeah, it's not. It's really nice to be out of L.A., not breathing break dust and uh, suffering under the lockdown of a dictator uh, named Gavin Newsom. So yeah, I'm happy. Uh, we did we, we did a broken simulation yesterday, the Thanksgiving special that'll be coming out on Thanksgiving. Get ready for that. It's uh, by the way, we came up with a name for the name uh, for a name. A commenter came up with. I don't want them thinking we came up with this. A commenter. Okay, suggested. we did not come up with a a, a, a fan <laughs> made a comment. For a name for the people who listen to Broken Simulation, and it's almost as good as the Swarm. Uh, it, what, uh, what's the name of the the, uh, the Broken? Is what the guy said. The Broken. The Broken. How great is that? The Broken. <laughs> it's better than Simtards, anyway. Yeah, we were gonna call you Simtards. No, that was uh, somebody, that was also a suggestion. Simtards, yeah, but but the Broken is the best. Yeah, the Broken. Uh, so yeah, so check out those shows, man. They're always it's a great way to support the people on the show because we are all working very hard to bang out quality entertainment for you guys during this crazy lockdown by these freaking metrosexual dictators. Okay, I can't believe New York's getting knocked down by a guy with dumbbell nipple rings, but it's happening. Okay. We got Newsom, who obviously likes to get pegged. He's shutting everything down, too. I don't like it. When are we going to push back? It's time to start pushing back. Guys, if you want to support the show, we got a couple Patreons for you. We got uh, the Tinfoil Hat Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash tinfoilhat. Uh, putting up mega, mega shows on there. Hard in the paint. 
the dangerous conversations, that's where they go. Broken Simulation has a Patreon too. Go to patreon.com slash broken simulation and you can get that show early there. The spiritual podcast I love to do, it's called Zero. And when you understand that name, you'll get it, okay? Zero is available exclusively on Rockfin. Go to rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash zero uh, and be a hero. And uh, check it out, man. It's just a great way to learn to deal with what's going on in the world. Find the hero inside you. You're the only one that's going to save you. And that's it. Guys, T-shirts are available at, at tinfoilhattshirts.com. Uh, all the best T-shirts. Great gifts for the holidays. Great way to support the show. Everybody here appreciates when you buy a shirt. And also, we have some cups, uh, hats, condoms, uh, what else? Uh, flamethrowers, all available at tinfoilhatswag.com. All that will be under a new website that will be available probably in the next couple of weeks. I'm getting it done now. I'm meeting with the, the uh, web designer and that. Uh, this conversation that we're having in the show is wonderful. It is a great conversation. It is with one of the best researchers in the gig. Uh, she's a local celebrity, and she's one of the smoke shows of conspiracies. Uh, Amy says WTF. Uh, we talk black nobility and the Jesuits. It's a great episode. Uh, full disclosure, we, I, me, Sam, was having some Zoom problems, so I cut in and out. And for you think I talk too much, this is a great episode because we kind of let Amy go. Uh, any other things I think we should say, guys? All good. Rocking. All right, guys. Enjoy the show. We love you very much. Next show is the Big 400. We have Isaac Weisip and Charlie Robinson, and we will be discussing and breaking down the movie They Live with Roddy Piper. It's going to be a classic, so I hope you guys can join us, and we will see you soon. Enjoy the episode. Okay, okay. So this is going to be a great topic. I'm super excited to have this guest on. Uh, she's been on the show before. I know she did a Patreon. I'm not sure if she's actually done the tinfoil hat feed, but she is one of my favorite researchers. She loves to go really hard in the paint. Please welcome Amy Says, WTF. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it out like that way. How are you, Amy? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, we are doing great. Thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure. I know we were going to have you on before and just it just didn't happen for whatever reason. So we're glad that we could finally get you on. And it looks like you're getting a lot of love from the truth community. So welcome to Tinfoil Hat. Thank you so much for inviting me on. A lot of people might not know this, but uh, Amy is a local celebrity on the Patreon. So uh, that's another credit <laughs> she has. She's yes. a local celebrity. <laughs> so Amy, um, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And then we'll, we'll get into what the, the subject is, because it is probably my favorite thing to talk about. Yeah, it's my favorite thing to talk about, too, the whole power structure of the world. But um, I started seriously researching mind control back in 2012 and I have to shout out to Freeman Fly and Higher Side Chats because those are the two podcasts that I started listening to that you know took me down these rabbit holes in the beginning the OGs of this the OGs, OGs of conspiracy um so yeah I just started with Project Monarch and MK Ultra and Selling Your Soul and it just um, led me to the power structure and eventually to the Vatican and going a level deeper is the black nobility. And then a level deeper than that is the great white brotherhood, which I discovered, which we're going to talk about today. So I'm super excited. 
So, okay, well, I didn't know there's even a higher level than the black nobility, and nobody even knew about the black nobility, but you're telling me there's a layer even deeper in this onion. So, yes, that's incredible, dude. I mean, I get into this, I, as you guys know, I have a show with Brian Callen, and I'm just kicking his ass in that show. <laughs> and one of the things we talk about a lot is the Jesuits, but we'll get into that real quick. So let's start with this. Who is the black nobility? Okay, so the black nobility are powerful royal families that are connected to the Vatican, um, whose ancestors were popes and Jesuits. And their roots can be traced back to the Venetian oligarchs of Khazar or the Khazarians. And they married into these Roman royal houses in the early part of the 12th century. Um, After the Khazarian victory over the Arabs, Constantine V married a Khazar princess, and they had a son who became Emperor Leo the Khazar. So he was really the first, uh, you can trace him back to be the first uh, Black nobility member. So these Black nobility families still exist, and even though some of the Roman houses have dissolved over the centuries, a lot of these people intermarried into other royal houses, such as Spain, Austria, Luxembourg, France, Belgium, United Kingdom, the list goes on. Um, And according to John Coleman, we know that the black nobility established the Committee of 300 in the early 18th century. The Committee of 300 oversees many powerful organizations in the world. And one of them is the Club of Rome, which was established by Anglo-American bankers and the old black nobility families of Europe. And the Club of Rome. Okay. Main- okay. So there's. I just want. I, I, everyone's going to kill me because I'm cutting you off here. No, you're fine. There's so much to digest on this. Yes. That I want to really focus on a lot of stuff. So let's start from the. Because in that five minutes that. Or three or four minutes you talked about, there's hours of conversation that can be had. Yes. And in particular, when we talk about the black nobility, one thing I'm talking about is that the people who assassinated Julius Caesar are most likely the same organizations that assassinated uh, JFK. It's the same group of, of, of people. The black, you know, the black nobility, they were around during the Roman days. And, you know, it's like when Jesus goes into the market and kicks over the uh, table, it's, I mean, those are the bankers of, of Rome that, that he's talking about. Like that, that is like you, uh, that's either the early days or the, those are the, that's the bank, the bankers killed Jesus. It's not the Jews that killed Jesus. It's the bankers that killed Jesus. People are, you know, people don't realize how secretive this group is. It is, uh, it, most people don't even know the names of the black nobility. Do you know their names? Yeah, there's, um, well, a lot of, um, a lot of the families have died out, um, but the original ones were, Let's see, Colonna, Massimo, Orsini, Rispoli, Pallavinci, Borghese, Aldascalci, Savoy, um, House of Bourbon. I think there's, there was actually 13 Roman uh, bloodlines that started. But like I said, over the years, they have intermarried into different families and they've become new houses, which um, one of the houses we're going to talk about today is the House of Bourbon, which is the most important 
house that is in rule today. Um, but when we talk about going back to the Club of Rome, the Club of Rome's main purpose was to drive home the New World Order by the year 2000. And the Club of Rome oversees the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Royal Institute of Foreign Affairs, and the American Ditchley Foundation. And an interesting fact about the American Ditchley Foundation is it's actually nicknamed Through the Looking Glass. And so we've heard this looking glass, looking glass technology. That's what they call themselves. So I found this strange connection. Um, I thought that was really weird. I don't know if it has anything to do with the looking glass, but thought that was strange. Um, but the key to the black nobility success is really their ability to create and manage these savage economic recessions and depressions and keep everybody in financial debt. It's, it's modern slavery. And it's the black nobility families that are behind these so-called pro-environmentalist agendas, uh, Agenda 2030, which are actually intended to curb population growth. And I believe it's these families that desire to return to a feudal system where they are in complete control and will once again become the absolute rulers like a monarchy. And I believe this is the real new world order. This is the, the one world government that we are fighting. If you take it back. And I know a lot of researchers take it to Zionism and think that it all ends at Zionism. And I'm not saying the Zionists play a role in this and they have their own agenda, but it goes way deeper than just the Zionists, in my opinion. Do you think this started with the whole Kobe thing? And do oh, you have anything to do with that? Yeah. I, my gosh, uh, Larry Gators, he like yeah. nails that research. Um, yeah, well, it's really strange because um, Prince Carlo, who is the head of the House of Bourbon, uh, who I'm going to talk about, his wife, Camilla, on her Instagram has a picture of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and, like, wrote out this huge, like, tribute to her. And I'm like, why is the princess of House of Bourbon, you know, talking about Kobe Bryant? And I thought that was very strange in my opinion. But yeah, I definitely think it has something to do with that. I mean, I was going to wait till Sam was here. Do you think the uh, NBA meeting up with the Pope these past couple of days has anything to do with the black nobility? It's so weird. Well, I think, I think the NBA is controlled by the communists. I think it's, uh, I can't say for sure what the alliances are, but based on my research, I know that there is a Rockefeller slash Chinese Communist Party Alliance, and they own the NBA. And the fact that the Vatican is tied into this, I think it's definitely something. And I did see Sam uh, tweeted that, but I wasn't able to read a lot about it yet. But I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, they met up with the Pope to talk about social injustice, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's lived with social injustice about. Yeah. Or any of yeah, exactly. we get this a lot in the comments. Do you do you think sports are fixed? People make fun of Sam for thinking that sports are real. Do you think uh, sports are fixed by the uh, by the powers? Yeah, I do. do. I think well, it, I do because um, I believe that the black nobility owns the Sicilian mafia, and the the mafia mm -hmm. came over to the states uh, in the nineteen or was it twentieth century and. 
Um, I believe it's these crime families that have infiltrated the United States, and I believe that's an extension of the black nobility. Um, I think that the Seattle crime family owns Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Pelosi's, everybody on the West Coast. And I do think that uh, I don't really trust Mark Cuban. I think there's something weird about him, but I think he's involved in some way. Um, Do you think, uh, speaking of uh, the Italian crime families, do you think that they have, as we've been told, effectively been neutralized or or that they're still operating just at, uh, you know, a much a much deeper level, you know, rather than just like petty crime and moving stolen goods, they're, they're still working uh, on some more important things. That's a good question. So I live in Illinois, so mm. I know a lot about uh, Chicago and mm. what's going on right now. Um, Mike Madigan, I believe he's, he is in charge of the Chicago mafia. Um, I think the mafia is still alive and well. I think it's more white collar these days. I think it's more, um, like credit card schemes? Yeah, just like money laundering, racketeering, uh, betting, sports rigging, that kind of thing. Um, and probably, you know, prostitution, child trafficking, yeah. that type of thing. But I it, I, I believe it's real. There's, um, I think they just put out a number. Um, I did a video on this. There's 150,000 child sex workers in America. And you're just wondering, oh like, God. who? Yeah, like who's running these sex rings? Like who's behind this? And I, I think um, the mafia is behind it in America. Yeah, I mean, they're even if they're not, and here's Sam rejoining us, even if they're not directly connected, uh, you know, like knowingly connected to uh, the black nobility, they're just the perfect uh, tools for them, you know? Uh, they, yeah. I mean, because they're already compromised. They're already... Uh, in trouble with the law by default, you know what I mean? So they can be right. manipulated to do basically anything. Okay, guys, new sponsor alert. That's right. We want to welcome Headspace to the Tinfall Hat family. That's right, guys. Life can be super stressful. Even during normal circumstances, it can get a little crazy. So, uh, And 2020 has a whole new set of challenges and it can, that can make life pretty difficult, okay? You're going to need some stress relief and that that goes beyond the quick fix, and that's where Headspace comes in. I have Headspace on my phone. I know Johnny has Headspace on your phone. Johnny, uh, it's like a fun little, you know, quick meditation, right? kind of helps you get into yourself, out of your head, and uh, deal with kind of the stress that's going on, right? Yeah, I've had it for a long time, and it's uh... – it's a it's, it's guided meditation, and you can you can really start out with the basics of meditation. You know, it's a real uh, gentle entry into it. You know, it's not something that's really difficult right away. Uh, but also, if you are a more advanced meditator, you there's plenty of advanced stuff too. So yeah, it's it's really for for everybody at every level. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditation. Okay. Headspace is the one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better, okay? Overwhelmed. Headspace has 3 million SOS meditations for you. Like in the moment, you got to breathe, right? Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has a wind-down session their members swear by, okay? And for parents... Headspace even has more meditations to do with your kids. Dude, meditate early. Ghost and Ninja, get zen fast, okay? Headspace's approach to mindfulness is to reduce stress, improve sleep, 
boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Johnny uses it. I'm using it. XG's going to get on it soon, very soon. Okay, I had space back my 25 publisher studies on its benefits. 600,000 five-star reviews, over 60 million downloads, okay? Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere, okay? Anytime, anywhere. You deserve to be happier. Headspace is a meditation that makes it simple and easy. Go to headspace.com slash tinfoil. That's headspace.com slash tinfoil for one month free trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. That is the best deal offered right now. Go to headspace.com slash tinfoil today and please get spiritual. And we were going to start talking about the next uh, House of Farnese if you want to. Uh, by the way, Sam, she did say that she thinks uh, sports are fixed. So that those commenters who keep saying, well, Sam, oh, you're done for believing here in sports. We go. She goes hard. She believes in clones. She has a lot of cloning stuff. Amy goes hard to paint, dude. <laughs> Amy goes hard to paint. So, I mean, have we moved? I mean, have you guys dove into all the black nobility? Because she said so much, and especially Kazarians, dude. I mean, like, we could do a whole episode on just Kazarians and whether Kazarian, Kazaria existed and all that stuff. And it's just yeah. like, it's crazy, dude. I mean, it's crazy. I get. Some guy just tagged me. This other guy did a truth. Uh, he did in a in a, you know in a truth podcast or an alternative uh, researcher podcast was like, I've done some deep research and there is no truth about the Kazarians and the Jews. And I'm like, dude, that's your story. You can enjoy that, but and yeah. I don't know why people get so mad at that story. They get really mad when you bring that up. Because that also kind of somewhat involves what, and this is what gets creeped out, but when you say the synagogue of Satan, I think yeah. that was the Bible talking about the Kazarians, man. And when you have a conversation with people about that, they really flip out on it. They like, they get very uncomfortable. I don't care how deep of a researcher you are. When you hear those words, you start to flip out and, mm -hmm. um, I think it's interesting. I mean, you know, and then you get into like Kazaria, you start talking about Tataria and who was Tataria and did the Kazarians who basically, you know, became the international banking couple were talking and, and part of the, 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 obviously what you're saying is the black nobility are the, I mean, is that the group that took down Tataria? I mean, it's like that, that's some seriously yeah. interesting stuff. Totally. Well, so let's get into it. So the House of Farnese was the most powerful Roman family in history. The Farneses ruled when the Jesuits were established. and They built a pentagonal mansion in Caparola, Italy, which was the architectural basis for the United States Pentagon. Oh, my um, God. The Jesuit headquarters, which is the Gesù Church, and it's in Rome, has the name Farnese engraved at the top. So they're telling you, you know, who established them. It was under the House of Farnese. The House of Farnese dissolved in 1766, but assimilated into the House of Bourbon through the marriage of Elizabeth Farnese and the House of Bourbon King Philip V of Spain. 
And it was this transfer of power that made the House of Bourbon the new powerhouse. And this is where we connect the Rothschilds and the Vatican. So Carl Mayer von Rothschild was born under the House of Bourbon. He started the Rothschild Banking of Naples, and he lent the Vatican over $5 million in 1832. And since then, the Rothschilds have been the fiscal agents of the Vatican. And the Rothschild Vatican cabal unsuccessfully took over American banks during the Revolutionary War and the 1812 War. And this was all due to the protection of our Constitution. But the Rothschild Vatican cabal succeeded with the establishment of the Federal Reserve Act in 1913 under President oh Woodrow Wilson. God, so much. Everything I know. you say is a giant podcast by itself. I know. I know. And there's so much to so say much today. So much to this. First of all, the Rothschilds. Now yeah. we're into the Rothschilds. And like, like Mayor Mayor Rothschild, like this guy was like in banking at like twelve years old, like he was like twelve <laughs> or thirteen years old. He was working in the, like the monetary. Like if you listen to Dave Chappelle's story, he was fourteen when he started. Like Taylor Thompson in comedy, fourteen. Look yeah. how good they are. This dude was started like really young in the game, and he figured out how to take over, like this is the story, the Rothschild, he figured out how to take over the British pound by basically lying to everybody that, that France had won the war and everybody sold their bonds and he was just buying their bonds, buying all their bonds because they were trying to save the money and it came back that they'd really won, but they'd taken control of basically the entire, um, the entire monetary system. And then it's mm -hmm. like, not only did they, the, the, the Rothschilds bail out the uh, Vatican, they also bailed out, I believe, the royal family. And, like, the royal family's giantly in debt to them. And, like, it's crazy. All right, guys, I want to talk to you about Lucy Nicotine. It is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck, all right? Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Bam, pomegranate. That's one for the people, all right? Lucy has lozenges with four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor tastes great, okay? And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, at, on flights, at work, uh, on the go, e even at the gym. Okay, so here's what's going on, man. It's 2020. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy Nicotine gum or lingerie. This is the real deal. Subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month, so it's simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down, okay? Tinfoil Hat listeners, the swarm. Go to lucy.co. That's lucy.co and use the promo code TINFOIL to get 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use the promo code TINFOIL HAT. All right. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is addictive, it's an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, be sure to use the promo code TINFOIL. 
Now, do you believe Rothschilds are Kazarians? <sighs> That's... Yes, I do. I believe that the Rothschilds descended from some house. I'm going to figure it out. And when I do, I will let you know. But I do believe they descended from some house. I just don't know which one yet. Because they just keep changing their names, by the way. The Rothschilds yeah. were known as something before the Rothschilds. And then there's this discussion that people like the Bushes are either Rockefellers or Rothschilds. And they all change their names so everyone's like, is everybody running everything in Rothschild? So there's always so when, when I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but when we say something dissolves, I think they just rebrand themselves. Yeah. Another name like Time Warner becomes Spectrum. It's still the piece, same piece of shit company <laughs> that's fucking with my my yeah. Spectrum right. They're now, Je they're internet. a Jesuit company too. It's. <laughs> Time oh, Warner dude, Spectrum wish, is you Jesuit. You gotta come on my podcast to talk to Brian Callen about the Jesuits. He won't believe me about the Jesuits. Oh my God, I would love I to do that. up the Jesuits. You What's his take on it? He keeps... So, what? What's his take on it? He wants to believe that, like, he actually believes, like, a 9-11, that 20 people used to live in the desert somehow pulled out feet of all time. <laughs> and you're like, okay, Brian, that's that's really fucking great. Like, I, I love Brian. I love Brian Kale. Like, I love Brian Kale. There's nothing about Brian Kale I don't love, and that's why I work with him, man. But, like, he can't believe that everyone's so organized, yet he totally is like, yeah, that's what's happening with COVID. I'm like, dude, it's the same shit. How can you accept it with a virus and not believe that the banking systems or the governments have been pulling this shit forever? And, by the way, I'm, like, 16-1 and one on that show. They literally <laughs> score it every week, and I win every fucking week. But back to this. Back to the um, – because I'm, I'm going to get yelled at. But back to this. So we have the Rothschilds. They take, they take control of the banking. Now, I don't know if you've ever done any uh, research into the Rothschilds versus Russia. Now, if you take a look at Russia's, like, coat of arms, it looks very similar to the Rothschild one. But, but we again, that might be a, more along the lines of Jesuits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I also have a theory that Tataria came out of Russia and they defeated Russia and then installed this group, which is led by Putin. And Putin represents the Russian people, but in reality, he's really part of the international banking couple. And that's that's basically how they run it. And that's why there's a Rothschild crest in there. Because in reality, he's part of the whole Jesuits Freemason thing as well. And that's but, you all know, connected. When, yeah. when, so when you get into like, and people don't know this, and this was talked about a long time. This was very interesting because this really great reporter had just passed away and they were showing him just lighting this dude up on uh, CNN. This guy on CNN was saying he was uh, a Russian sympathizer and this old guy went fucking nuts on this dude. And he started breaking down some history that people don't know about. And one thing is, is that, Basically, Russia's ships to the United States during the Civil War because the Rothschilds and the European banking organizations wanted a Federal Reserve. And a lot of people don't know that part of history. There's actually pictures of Russian troops and uh, Northern troops together, and people don't realize that. And that's, to me, why, a big reason why, like, the banking bolt is not into Russia, why they work with China, but they never work with Russia. So... 
Go, where are we at right now? I that's know I'm super, getting, yeah. yeah, that's super interesting. No, well, so going off of that, if you want to talk about the top tiers of the world power structure, um, I think it's important to study United Nations, the Jesuits, and the Vatican. Those are like the three main ones that um, people have heard of. I mean, some people don't even, like you said, believe in the Jesuits or believe that they're anything, but you have to go a step further and think, okay, so who runs these people? And I discovered the, the two orders, and one of them is the Knights of Malta um, in collaboration with the Order of St. George, and then the second one is the Royal Order of St. Francis. And if you want to know who oversees these groups, it's Prince Carlo, who is the current head of the House of Bourbon. And so when I say the House of Bourbon is the most important family right now, it's because you have Prince Carlo, who's running it, who, who runs these orders, who oversees the United Nations, the Jesuits, and the Vatican. So I want to get into Prince Carlo because uh, this guy is really fascinating. But uh, Prince Carlo took over the house in 2008 when his father, Prince Ferdinand, died. Prince Carlo is a descendant of Prince Rainier, who was the former head of the House of Bourbon. Where have we heard that name before? Keith Rainier the leader of Nexium. Yes, dude. So I, when it used to be spelled Ranieri with like an I at the end, but it was always pronounced Rainier. And when they came to the States, they just changed the I to an E. So when I saw Rainier, I like freaked out. I'm like, wow, this is really crazy. So anyway. Which explains why he was, which explains why that guy was so able to, um, get connected with so many incredibly powerful people Absolutely. like the Brothmans. Yes, yes, exactly. They're all connected. And Prince Carlo's role as the head of the House of Bourbon makes him superior over these two orders. Um, the first order is the Sacred Military. And this organization was established in 1718 and it's the sole international Catholic order alongside the Knights of Malta. So in layman's terms, these two groups oversee international law that governs the Vatican, known as the Holy See. And they have a permanent observer status at the United Nations. Now, when we think of the United Nations, we think of the Paris Climate Agreement and like all these like Agenda 2030 things. So it all goes back to the United Nations and how important this group is and like who oversees the United Nations. Um, all of these members must be descendants of the black nobility. And it's this royal order that is responsible for choosing every single person who holds any sort of consultation position um, for these organizations. Now, the next organization is called the Economic... Real quick, when you yeah. brought up the, you know, the UN and yeah. you bring up the Paris Climate Accord, nobody's ever talking about, and you brought, you said this group earlier, the yeah. Club of Rome. The yeah. Club of Rome is behind the Paris Peace Climate Accord, okay? They yeah. are the one who's running it. Why is that important? Well, because it's what I've been telling people is like that thing is not about saving the planet that that is about taxing carbon emissions and just like big pharmaceuticals don't want to cure you they have no desire to cure you they want you to be a a, a, a patient for the rest of your life so that's the same thing with this thing it's not meant to get you to stop polluting 
they would actually like you to pollute more so they could charge you more for credits. Mm -hmm. You got to yeah. buy credits to pollute more. So it's just simply a money grab. And it is a giant part of the, this whole thing. The Club of Rome, <laughs> what's in Rome, the Vatican, who, and dude, Al Gore is straight up one of these fools, dude. Everything yeah. Al Gore said was going to happen did not happen. Exactly. Well, and this brings me to Klaus Schwab. I'm sure you guys have heard of this guy. Um, the head, he's the founder of the World Economic Forum. He's a German engineer and economist. And when you Google his books, he's written seven dating back to 2002. And he's written about reshaping Asia, the fourth industrial revolution, and the Great Reset. And he's, he's all over the internet right now discussing food shortages, lockdowns, the Great Reset, um, amenities granted to those who've received the COVID-19 vaccine. Like this guy is a puppet for the black nobility. And not only that, but he wrote the Davos Manifesto of 2020. It's online for anybody to read, but it basically states that there's a conflict right now over the future of capitalism and the future of technology. And this ties into social media companies, censorship, 5G, artificial intelligence, and by now, you can connect the dots and see that none of this is coincidence. This is all by design. And I believe that COVID-19 is the Trojan horse to get everybody on board. Who with is this all, again? With all this stuff. His name is Klaus Schwab. And he's, on, he's not on YouTube, though, right? He's, Duke. you can Duke. find him everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's like. YouTube. <laughs> you can find him on TikTok, dude. <laughs> and well, he's. Everybody's. He's, Deleted from YouTube, and she's taken off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no, but this guy isn't. This guy isn't like a, a, a influencer. He's like, <laughs> dude, he's like an old ass dude that probably like went to high school with Dracula and is writing like crazy ass shit. Right? He's like writing this shit, and it's like this food shortage shit. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> Like yeah. in New Mexico, they just shut down for they shut down the supermarkets for two weeks. That's insane. What are you doing? And it's so interesting because, like, why are why is this happening right now? Yeah. Like, what what about twenty twenty? Is why it's going to happen right now? It's so weird. Yeah, they just want it's everybody so in weird. fear. It sucks, man. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, know. I just think they want everybody in, like, it's like trauma-based mind control every day. They want everybody in fear so that when the vaccine comes around, everybody's just, like, holding out their arm, like, give me this vaccine. Let me get back to life. And I just think it's like they're just pounding us every single day with, like, crazy shit. Like, the craziest news stories, like, the headlines, like, all the Which thing, is all this exactly which is exactly what everybody did with that voted for Biden. They're like, I'm just voting for Biden, so the shit all goes away, which is this, like, super yeah, exactly. that people were doing, like, please make the meanie stuff stop. And you're like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. And they're all, like, like it's, like, so funny because, you know, they, they talk, like, Illuminati, and then they talk. It's like when we just started talking about the Passar family and all four of the tech people just fucking knocked me down for one week. I'm like, okay, lesson learned. All right, so we're okay. So the bourbon, 
the UN. So as you guys know, unless you have a white belt, that there's three territories in the world that are part of no countries, follow no laws, pay no taxes. That is City of London, the Vatican, and the UN. And they represent money, religion, and military. Mm-hmm. And now I got to tie in the JFK connection because this is mind blowing. Um, okay, so the second order that Prince Carlo of House Suburban oversees is the Royal Order of Francis I. And it's the equivalent of the Order of the Golden Fleece in Spain. And so I'm going to. John F. Kennedy and Jackie honeymooned in Mexico, and they stayed at the Mexican president's villa. And while they were there, Jackie wrote a bunch of poems, and she published a book. And I was reading through it, and one of her poems uh, reads, I'm going to read it right now. It says, he would find love, he would never find peace, for he must go seeking the golden fleece. And this poem, for whatever reason, just stuck out to me. And I was I became obsessed with understanding and knowing who what the Golden Fleece was. Um, so anyway, I went down this rabbit hole and I found these two strange parallels. And the first one is this Greek myth of the Golden Fleece of Zeus's holy ram. And the myth goes, there was two children of King Athamas, Phrixus and Hell, And they were condemned to be sacrificed by the order of their stepmother. And Zeus, who saw this as an injustice, released his holy ram, the golden fleece, to save these children. And the ram flew down and took the children away and continued on this long-distance travel. But during the flight, hell fell from the ram's grip and fell into the ocean and died. And the area of the ocean where hell fell is known today as Hellspontine, which is modern-day Turkey. It's the exact same location where John F. Kennedy Jr. and his wife honeymooned. And just like hell, JFK Jr. fell from flight into the ocean to his death. And I thought that was a very strange parallel. And the second connection... crazy. Yeah, and the second connection was when I uh, discovered who the Order of the Golden Fleece was. Um, during the time of JFK's preg- uh, presidency, I almost said pregnancy. <laughs> um, so it was Robert Hugo, the head of the House of Bourbon. He was the Order of the Golden Fleece. He oversaw the Vatican and the Jesuits at the time. And we know that it was the Club of Rome that played a huge role in the Cuban Missile Crisis and tried selling crisis management under FEMA to Kennedy. Uh, We know that Tavistock agents approached the president trying to explain how crucial FEMA was and how it should be implemented, but Kennedy rejected it. And it was that same year that Kennedy was uh, murdered. And everybody has an opinion on how Kennedy died and why, but they say it's the mafia and the CIA and alien disclosure, cloning centers, and that could very well be true. But I believe it goes back to the black nobility. Uh, this Robert Hugo guy who oversaw these the Vatican and the Jesuits. And I think it has to do with Tavistock. I think it goes way deeper than just the mafia. Um, in my opinion. pissed off literally. <laughs> I think he pissed off everybody. I think he pissed off the Vatican. I think he pissed off the Israel. I think he pissed off the mob. I think he pissed off intelligence services and it's just like 
And I think that, like, for as much as, like, everybody thinks that Trump, because the truth of the matter is that Jeff was elitist. Kennedy's are they was he was the leading dude. Here's the crazy thing: supposedly Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, was a Rothschild. So it's like even at that level, that these guys are all part of the whole thing, and they just have no problems with taking out their own one. You know, it's kind of like Pinocchio. Like I'm a real boy, and these guys start <laughs> thinking they're real boys, and um, yeah. So that's what I think. Yeah, and my connection is shit. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, well, so what's interesting is um, once I discovered that Prince Carlo of House Suburban oversaw the Vatican, the United Nations, and the Jesuits, my next question was who oversees Prince Carlo, and it led me to the discovery of the Imperial Cult of Rome, which is otherwise known as the Great White Brotherhood otherwise known as the Ascended Masters. Uh, the Imperial Cult of Rome was the first secret society and the true power behind the Roman Empire. And it was this cult that was so top secret that even the Roman government was completely in the dark about who was actually in charge. This cult claimed divine authority to rule through their descendants from the lineage of man, which was birthed by Minos the Crete, who was the founder of the Roman Empire. Minos the Crete was raised by King Asterion, which translates to ruler of the stars. Minos the Crete was painted by Michelangelo in the Last Judgment painting and can be found at the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican City, where he's depicted as the devil himself. And it's been written that Minos spawned the master race, which was popularized by Nazi Germany, and currently occupies Switzerland and Greenland as the Great White Brotherhood. And the island of Greenland, and this is where it gets really interesting, uh, Greenland is officially owned by Denmark and referred to as Greenland of Denmark, which becomes the acronym for God, G-O-D. Oh, shit. Yeah. And we know Switzerland is the banking empire, is a banking empire, and home to the World Economic Forum, held every year in Davos. And it kind of makes you wonder why Trump was so obsessed with purchasing Greenland at the time. And I stumbled upon this book called People of the Secret, and it states that there's a hidden directorate influencing, guiding, and intervening in humanity's destiny. And they've been here for centuries and ages, and that they've been present in all secret societies um, since the fall of the Roman Empire. And the Great White Brotherhood refers to themselves as man, while other people like us would refer to ourselves as human. And the term hue means property of color. And these men who are in the Great White Brotherhood have white skin, red hair, blue or green eyes. In, uh, in other words, they have the look of the Irish, hence the idiom luck of the Irish. And when you look at the, when you look at the word black, it consonantly equates to be lack. And if you break that down even more, it's, it consonants down to 13 lakh, a reference to the 13 bloodlines of the Rome Illuminati, which lack black or African blood, hence the term great white brotherhood. And it's the Jesuits that are trained to use this esoteric knowledge and black magic of the great white brotherhood. Damn. That's some shit. <laughs> and that's what, that, and when you get into like, 
the great white, the white brotherhood, right? Yeah. What is up is really down. So they have you thinking it's this group of like crystal meth biker dudes who are from trailer parks. <laughs> and reality, it's this fucking ancient, 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 ancient secret society from way back in the day. Damn, dude. Damn. Yeah. And this leads us to the Jesuits, which I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, the Jesuits are the Society of Jesus. Um, they were established by Ignatius of Loyola under the Vatican through the Papal Bull Military Regiment. And what most people don't know about the Jesuits is they were expelled over and over again from almost every Catholic European country in the 1700s. And Charles III expelled the Jesuits from Spain and all the Spanish territories because he felt they had acquired way too much power, way too much influence, and way too much wealth. And it was the Huron Native American tribe of Canada accused the Jesuits of putting spells on them and blamed them for disease outbreaks in their communities and killed tens of thousands of Native Americans in Canada. And no matter how many times the Jesuits were expelled, they always found a way back. And to me, it's this fact that proves that there's something morally wrong with the Jesuits. And in 1916, Robert Owen a United States senator said, and I quote, the United States is the prime target to which the Vatican directs the subversive and destructive activities of the Jesuits. So he's telling, like this senator from 1916 is telling us that the Jesuits are targeting America. So it's been going on a long time. And Jesuit training lasts anywhere from eight to 14 years. And by the time these Jesuit priests are thrown back out into the world, they are highly brainwashed. Uh, Jesuit Rule 13 reads that we may be all together of the same mind and conformity. And to me, in other words, it just says, do not think for yourself and follow blindly. And after researching the Jesuits, I realized that they are actually victims of brainwashing and mind control. I believe that they are the world's Manchurian candidates. And I also think they're one of the most misunderstood groups in the world because they are severely evil, but they're also victims of this globalist control. And there's another book called Vatican Assassins by Eric John Phelps, which was fascinating. And he claimed that the man responsible for ordering assassinations, terror attacks, and wars is the Black Pope. And the Black Pope is the unofficial name for the superior general of the Jesuits. And the current Black Pope is Arturo Sosa, and it's been written that they call him the Black Pope as a tribute to their use of black magic. Black magic comes from the Great White Brotherhood or the Ascended Masters. And the Black Pope takes his orders from the Vatican. And I find it super interesting that Pope Francis is the first Jesuit Pope. So the Pope we have came from this Jesuit order. And we know they're doing sorcery and black magic and all this alchemy and now he's the Pope. And Catholics around the world have no idea who he is or what he's really all about or his training or his background. And to me, that's just fascinating. So I don't know. And we can get into the Jesuits of the United States, too. I totally agree with that. Oh, did we lose Sam? Yeah, yeah. That a little bit. something's going on with my Zoom. And it's the black nobility. It's, it's it is. 
<laughs> it's funny because it's got to be Zoom though, because he switched. He was on Wi-Fi and now he's on cellular, and he's had the same problems with each. So it's got to be a Zoom issue and not a internet issue, which is interesting. I love this face that he's frozen on USC. Yeah, he's, just like, he's just ex- excruciated. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> He's frozen in carbonite, just there forever. I just <laughs> love this. This is my favorite topic. He's still going, though. Just, it's just freezing on me. I know. I know, but I can't enjoy it because every two seconds, it's like, what would she say? I'm just um, <laughs> But I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you talk about Grey Pope yet? Do you believe in Grey Pope? I'm, like this theory that there's a Grey Pope? Dude, oh, there's like yeah. One above both. Yeah. Okay. We just talked about the black pope, and there's a gray one now. Yeah, we just went over the black pope, uh, yeah, but I've heard pope. about yeah, I've heard about the gray pope, and that's going to be like my next research topic. Well, I knew something's up with white pope because they kept calling him cool pope. Hey, dude, it's cool pope, bro. Yeah. Cool pope just wants to hang out. Cool pope just wants to be a cool pope, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, they're really forcing that down our throats. Yeah. Let's me know he's not cool at all. And the the, the cool pope was kind of cool when they started t- saying like, oh, he's pro like uh, the gay agenda and stuff. But then when you saw him with the with the pedophile symbols all over his 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 uh, what would you call that? His Halloween costume. His dress. No his dress. That's not his Halloween costume. That's <laughs> it's literally his. Work uniform, his druid, dude. his druid robe. Yeah, to be fair, they may, maybe he inherited all that shit. We don't know. Like maybe he, this, every pope just has the same closet, you know, that they pull no, shit out of. For sure, dude. But I mean, yeah. that—that's the role of that. Has there has there but, ever? Is it possible to be an actual reformer and get that gig as pope? Do you think? I mean, can can you actually be someone no. with a, a change agenda and get that? Is it like president where you just can't get the job <laughs> without compromise? I believe every. I believe everybody in power is compromised in some yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. How, how, like how deep? Like even like Rogan comp- is compromised. That big. Ooh, that's oh, that's tricky. What are you doing, dude? I'm what asking her a question. She says everybody that's yeah, big. Yeah, you're I asking her a question. gonna get us in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak for Rogan. I, if I were Rogan, I'd be kind of nervous myself just because he has such a big platform um i don't know i think there's like trouble that yeah. comes with having a big platform to some extent and i don't i'm not in that I world i don't more i don't know what that's like i but i'm sure i don't know you know that guy that comes on his show that cia guy mike baker mike baker yeah. i always wondered if that was his handler i don't know <laughs> Mike Baker has been, you know, it's funny. He pops up in a lot of places uh, as as kind of a, just a a contributor. You know, used to see him on all these Fox News shows, and and yeah, that's. I mean, that's an interesting theory. If he's, I I think he's probably just there, kind of. He's, he's more. He's 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 kind. Of, well, I think he's kind of a, a propaganda man. Actually, I think he probably got retired. You know, from from the CIA officially, but then he operates now uh, as a propaganda man for them. Yeah. Yeah. Very well could be. We've been uh, asked to have CIA, CIA people have asked me on the show. And I'm like, ah, dude, we're good. We're tired. You don't have to worry about no. We're not doing anything. And, you know, it's like, the, you know, it's, here's what I'm going to say about Rogan. It's like when he talks about trans, they go fucking nuts on him. He's very good at, at maneuvering 
that being that big of a message because that is a very scary place to be. And you're totally right, Amy. And he's like a good friend of mine. I love him very much. And I, I you know, so I get nervous. I give, I, I do, man. I get very nervous, you know, dunking shit in my show box and, you know, a very scary to be. But there's also something about, about being, uh, not be, know you're being controlled. And not, I, I don't think Rogan's control. I don't think people can control him, but they, it's possible there could be, you know, some outside influences that he might not know. Because it's like I say this all the time, like, dude, the, the comedy, L.A. comedy scene got so powerful. With it, with comedy and like stuff, and then podcasting, it's impossible not to believe that somebody was either, uh, 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 you know, an informant or controlled opposition. It's impossible. It was so big culturally that they <laughs> that is always what they do is have somebody there. So I don't know, I don't know. But you know, the thing about Hogan is like he's the one who's kind of kicked off the flat Earth debate the moon landing debate, his arguments with Eddie Bravo have caused national <laughs> discussions on these things. So it's an interesting thing. You know, if I was Rogan and I wanted to, you know, a lot of people don't understand. It might not be being compromised because I don't think he is. I think it's like that dude's got a cash register and he presses one tweet and he could sell out <laughs> staple centers. Yeah. You know, that's a powerful thing. And you want to, like, if you're lucky enough to get to that area, that level – you want to keep that. No, totally, yeah. yeah. By the way, I absolutely. don't know if this interests you guys, but uh, the president pardoned Michael Flynn just a few minutes ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. I wonder who's next. I wonder who's next. He sh- uh, Snowden Probably Manafort. Next. I'd oh, say Manafort's going to be next. If it's Snowden, I'd love for it to be Snowden, but yeah. it's going to be... It, or, Assange. Assange, Assange is like number one on my list. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's probably going to be Manafort, and then he's out. So we'll see. You know who he should do as well? Little Wayne. He fucking he, he hit him up and now he got caught with some gun felony charges and I'm like, bro, at this point you should you should use his number again. So you think that out of everybody that he should pardon, it should be Little Wayne? Should no, be, I'm not saying it should be Little Wayne. All I'm saying is that you just had his back. He should at least pardon you right before he leaves. He should pardon everybody. He'd be like, all speed tickets off. Good point. Let's just go everybody. <laughs> Free everybody. Up for the rest of life. Um, uh, that is fucking nuts. More bonds being dropped. Now, you put out a really great deal before of Trump's connections to the black nobility. And I see you, you know, we, you send me a list of things you want to talk about. One was yeah. the Jesuits in the United States. Now, full yes. disclosure, Amy does co- come on my Patreon. She's a Patreon. She knows my affiliate, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing played for the Georgetown Hoyas. Yeah. Georgetown is a Jesuit school. All the Trump kids went to Georgetown. Yes. So, yeah, talking about Jesuits in the U.S., um, there's an overwhelming amount of Jesuit educated people running the biggest companies and political positions and celebrities in our country. Um, Here's a few. So world bank group, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, uh, bank of England and the European central bank are all run by Jesuit educated people. 
the IRS, NASA, uh, CIA directors include Robert Gates, George Tennant, Leon Panetta, Michael Morell, Dave Petraeus, John Brennan. Uh, former CIA director James Clapper was a professor at Georgetown. Like you said, Sam, Georgetown is the oldest Jesuit college in America, and it holds the Jesuit traditions while being extremely selective in who they choose to enroll. And they take pride in the fact that most of their graduates go on to be leaders on the world stage. Uh, eight out of the nine Supreme Court justices that we have right now were all Jesuit educated and members of the Jesuit fraternity Phi Beta Kappa. Eight out of the nine, including Amy Coney Barrett. So when I, I predicted that Trump was going to pick her based on these two facts, that she was Jesuit educated and part of this fraternity, and I ended up being right. And I was actually kind of shocked. But um, when you go back in history, in the 1960s, there was a professor from Vanderbilt, and his name was Donald Davidson. And he claimed that the Jesuit fraternity Phi Beta Kappa was a Marxist fraternity and heavily influenced by communist ideals. Now, this, this is our Supreme Court we're talking about. So I thought that was very crazy. Now, Joe Biden has two Jesuit honorary degrees. Hunter Biden attended Georgetown and served as a Jesuit volunteer after he graduated. You've got, like you said, the Trumps, Bill Clinton, the Podesta brothers, Steve Bannon, Stephen Miller, Paul Manafort, um, numerous kings from European countries, Pierre and Justin Trudeau, John Kerry, uh, Tony Fauci, Robert Redfield, Jesuit educated, the head of the CDC, Gavin Newsom, the Cuomo brothers, Mike Madigan, who runs the Chicago Mafia, uh, the guy who started Walmart. And then if you go back in history, you've got Joseph Goebel, the head of Nazi propaganda, Joseph Stalin, Fidel Castro, Lyndon Johnson, Prescott Bush, and 36 people in the Bush administration were Jesuit educated who handled the aftermath of 9-11. And so history tells us that Jesuit agents have been infiltrating countries all the way back to the 1700s. So you would have to assume that there are still Jesuit agents infiltrating somehow. And, and I can't say like everybody that I just mentioned has, you know, a negative force in the world or they're, you know, they're a Jesuit. So they're out to like ruin society. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. I just think it's an overwhelming amount of people in power that happen to be Jesuit educated. And that's what blows uh, my mind. Uh, a couple things real quick about this is that one is that, you know, I have this discussion all the time in particular with, um, Brian Callen is that, you know, like people want to blame Jews. And I'm like, it's not the Jews, ma'am. It is the Jesuits. And the Jesuits get us all at the Jews or all these people on the internet to do that because they don't want anybody looking at, at them. And yeah. I, you know, I say this to Jews get mad at me, but they're middle management. It's these Jesuits that are at the highest levels of all this stuff. And even when you hear about like, oh, they've been kicked out of every, every uh, country. Where have we heard that before? When people like all these anti-Zionist people say that. Well, that's, that's the smokescreen. Because the reality is it's Jesuits. And I've always said it's Jesuits. Mm -hmm. You know, I had uh, Jordan, uh, 
Maxwell on. And he was like, he said the exact same thing. And he's been researching this for decades. He's like, it's Jesuits, dude. It is the Jesuits at the highest level. Every time, man. Every time. It's the Jesuits, dude. And he, here's the whole thing. Like, if you, I'm reading this book, man. And I, I wish I knew the name of it. But it's basically about the Jesuit playbook of how they're going to take over the world. And if you look at the earlier days of the Jesuits, they were assassinating people left and right. Like, they yeah. were killing royals left and right. I mean, viciously. Like, two years later, another royal's death. Two years later, another royal's death. They're just out. Any <coughs> Here we go. My back? Okay. Yeah. Back. So they would kick them out. <laughs> they would kick them out. And uh, here we go real quick. Sorry, guys. Um, they would kick them out. And then they were talking about how there's Jesuits in, like, China. We just had a story today on Twitter that Japan wants to open their borders to foreigners to make it multicultural. That's Jesuit shit right there. That's all Jesuit shit. Yeah, and it it's is. like they're <laughs> Catholics, dude. It's yeah, Jesuits. The Jesuits are everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And with Trump, I mean, I get in so much trouble on Twitter for saying this about Trump, and I, I don't know what Trump's deal is. I just know that he's he's hated by Tavistock. He's hated by the mainstream media, the United Nations, China the Democrats, and Davos. I mean, he's backed by the Christian Zionists. That's a fact. And we know that he hired Wilbur Ross, who's an agent of the Rothschilds. But I mean, you can't, I mean, this is such a complex game. Nobody can say for certain. And I, I can't stand when people say, oh, it's this way or it's this way. It's like nobody really knows. I just feel like it's such a web of deception that you, I, at this point, I really can't say I, I have hope that Trump is on the good side of things. I want to believe that because I don't want to just think negatively every single day and think. I do think we could head towards civil war. I don't think that's out of the question. In fact, I, I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think that they've been gaslighting the left since the announcement that Biden won. And they're just going to like pound them and say, no, nope, Trump's in. And then it's going to all hell's going to break loose. That's what I think. Um, you still think uh, Trump has a chance? You think? Do you you think Trump? You think Trump? I think Trump will be the president. You want to get in on this bet? We have a bet yeah. going two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. So. I heard that with the whiskey and beer guys. <laughs> yeah, and Sam. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'd gladly uh, take some more free money from anybody right. who. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie, Biden is not going to be installed. Donnie, stop being a sexist kid. Stop being a sexist pig. Okay, we'll give her better Johnny, odds. Are you a Jesuit, Johnny? I actually, I have a question about it. Johnny, what, what are the Jesuit? I, I you mentioned that it's a sort of a complex war, like a multi-front war that's going on. What are the what are the forces that are aligned against the Jesuits that are also dark forces? Do you know what I'm saying? Like that are negative, negative uh, powers in the world, but that they are rivals of the Jesuits. I would say it's, um, oh, yeah, it's complex because I know that Rockefellers and China 
have had an alliance for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I've always stuck with its Rockefeller-China alliance, which is communist. Okay. And the Rockefellers have so much power. The Rockefellers own Tavistock. They started Tavistock with the Milner Group back in, was it the late 1800s, I think. So Tavistock's been around way longer. Like if you went to Wikipedia, they would tell you Tavistock started in like what, 1950-something? No, it goes way back. But um, I do know that it's Rockefeller China. And I want to say the other cabal is the Rothschild Vatican Jesuit cabal. And and I, I think there's like, I don't know. It's just, it's so complex. That's just a, an educated guess based on what I know. But what you, I, to be clear, what you were saying is it could be possible that Trump is not aligned with the Jesuits, but that he's still controlled by, by dark forces. Is, is That's a possibility, right? Total possibility. Okay. Total possibility. What, what's your take well, on that? Well, you know, they bring up that. Go on, Sam. Wait, what was that? Go on, Sam. We, we just heard you know uh, they, they bring up. So, uh, what was I going to ask? XG cut me off. I can't remember my question, but um, go on with your question, XG. I'll I think about what her, I was going to ask. I'm trying uh, to remember. What she stands with QAnon. Oh, my stance on QAnon. Yeah. Okay. So I have gone back and forth with QAnon. I, are you guys familiar with the Inslaw scandal that goes back, like back in the Reagan administration where Bill Barr was in charge of this whole Inslaw thing and it's tied into, I know Whitney Webb did a lot of research um, on the whole Inslaw thing with the Maxwell family, but um I actually totally just lost my train of thought. What did you just ask me? Can we uh, cut this part out? You're good. <laughs> so, oh, the, the QAnon. Oh, yeah. QAnon. Okay. So okay. Um, there was a guy. Um, his name was Michael J. Riconoscuto. And he developed this software and sold it allegedly to Robert Maxwell. And that's what the whole Inslaw scandal was all about. Well, Somewhere down the line, Michael J. Riconoscuto ended up going to prison. And this guy was like a computer genius, and he could write code and algorithms, and he understood artificial intelligence. And there was a theory that QAnon was started by Michael J. Riconoscuto as a revenge plot against these Democrats who put him in prison years ago. Well, he recently got out of prison I think around 2017 when QAnon started. So that's one theory that I had. The other theory I had was that it's uh, run by DARPA slash NASA and that it's this like big artificial supercomputer that um, picks up memes and picks up all this data from social media and our, you know, what conspiracy theorists are searching and researching and then puts it all together and then spits it out in this military code to get, people on board. But then there's this third theory I have, which I have a friend who lives in Vermont and he, he's a friend from college and I haven't heard from him in a long time. And he texted me and he said, he told me that he met a guy involved in QAnon and that it's a hundred percent legit. And that shit's going to go down after January. And this guy is like off the grid He's like not into conspiracies. He's not into any of this shit. And I get this random text from him and I'm like, whoa. I was like, really, Tom? He's like, he's like, I know it's, he's like, I know how this sounds. 
but it's 100% real. It's going down. Trump's in. And they're all going down. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, who did you meet? He's like, I can't tell you, but that, that's what I heard. And I'm like, so I got these three things in my head. So I, I don't know. It's, it's all very bizarre to me. So I, I here's my whole thing. I think, I think that it's going to become V for Vendetta. And I think, yeah. I, I, and here's the whole thing. If Trump gets in, it empowers it. And if Trump doesn't get in, it empowers it even more. I think there's some people that think the conspiracy world falls apart if Joe Biden gets in. Uh-uh. I think it just gets ramped up even more. And I think that, like, Trump winning kind of pa- pacifies people. Joe Biden getting in, dude. It's gonna get chaos out there, man. It's just well, it's it's different people that are gonna be pissed off. I mean, no matter who wins, some there's gonna be a large group that's angry. Yeah, exactly. Well, We're just rotating, I, dude. I I just don't I don't agree with that, dude. Well, you, you know, no, but Sam, think about it. You saw it after Trump was elected. Think, remember, do you not remember the march on Washington? All those women that the the pussy hats march. There's a million yeah. women marched on Washington after Trump was elected. Yeah, that was a that was a long time ago, and since then, a lot of a lot of stuff has come out. I'm telling you, Johnny, I, I, you and I agree on this. This was rigged beyond, okay? And the fact that nobody wished Joe Biden a happy birthday on social media lets you know how many people really care about this dude. <laughs> and that is nobody. Yo, I'm I, telling you, there was nobody going happy birthday to the president, quote, quote, like, which is he, he isn't. Like this. Well, we gotta say it. To to be fair, to be fair on that though, Joe Biden doesn't live his life on Twitter like the president does. To be fair, no, no, Johnny. But the the, dude, the seventy-some thousand people that were just so empowered to vote for him because they hated Trump, dude. Those people live on Twitter, dude. Those people are all the blue check. Yeah, but we should. But Sam, even if it was fixed, which I think it was. The numbers we're talking Johnny about here, nice we're, we're your ass. no, but listen, we're talking. <laughs> no, but listen to me. We're still talking about like two percent of the population. So still, we're even if that if it's forty eight percent that's pissed off. You know what I'm saying? It's still a massive number of people that are pissed off if Trump wins re-election. We're talking. I mean, they know. cheated it, but they cheated I it by two percent. That that many uh, people are pissed off. I'm just telling you. But I'm telling it's you, you not okay. that number. So you think all those women that marched on Washington in 2016? Uh, or but, but would, dude, even if a million people marched, that yeah. But I thought that's how we judge all these things: is how how people, how many people get in the streets. People, Johnny. We just saw it with BLM though. Uh, for this guy was so little, and the numbers of like he probably got sixty million people to vote for him, which sounds like a lot. It is a lot, right? Yeah. But those are people that are probably voting because they just hated Trump, and at the end of the day. They're not going to get, like, dude, unless George Soros plans a bazillions of dollars on this, I think people have riot fatigue. Maybe, but but the people, but the you're saying that there, there wouldn't be unrest if the president, if president was reelected. But we saw it with, I mean, BLM, man. Those are going to be the same people that will be in the streets if the president wins again. I don't know. If, if Biden gets COVID the way Trump got it, no one's going to be outside the hospital. How many I, I agree with that. Well, yeah, he's not a sympathetic figure, Biden. No, he, I mean he's a, just back to normal. He's back to business. I mean, a, a, a political, a, solely a political animal for sure. I mean, there's nothing inspiring or sympathetic about the guy. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, 
I, I think this was a great episode. Amy, what do you do think, though? Amy, what else? do you think? Do you think if Trump was to to be installed, uh, you know, just the rug pulled out from under the Biden supporters, you do you don't think yeah, do you, you think there would be unrest? Re- you should refer to her. Yeah. As local celebrity, Amy. Local okay, celebrity, Amy. Uh, <laughs> what, do, you, do, you, do you agree with Sam that there wouldn't be unrest if that happened? I mean, to me, I, I think there would be. If Trump became president? Yeah, yeah. Let me... <coughs> Excuse me. It was inaugurated um, again. I, I think if Trump becomes president, I think BLM will come out in full force. No. No, I think the riots will start when those cops that killed George Floyd don't go to jail. You just want to see riots, that's when the riots will start again. Yeah, it's yeah. all, I mean, that would all be a, a, a tornado of shit that would, I think that it's would just, fuel itself. Yeah, there's, it's just been this accumulation of, like I said, the, the one trauma-based thing after another, and it's just been building and building. And these people in BLM are getting paid. So I think as long as there's a paycheck behind it, and somebody is saying, like, that. hey, do this. You'll get this. People are dumb enough and crazy enough, and nobody's working right now, so everybody needs a paycheck. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, you'll pay me $1,000 to go bash in a Target? Done. You know? Totally. So I, I completely th- agree, dude. Yeah. I completely so you do agree, agree that the country will burn if, if the Trump is inaugurated? Yeah. If BLM, oh. if BLM's involved, I don't think everyday I, citizens will do it. How could they I, not be though? I think if it's, if I think it's backed by money, and I think it's these groups, these hate groups. I don't think like your average citizen is gonna revolt and go That's nuts. My opinion. Also, I, do you? I think do, it's the hate groups. Do you think Trump? I mean, was he pardoning Michael Flynn if he knows that he's going to be the president again next year? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, that's a good but point. Johnny, I don't know. That maybe hey, I, I, good I, point, Johnny. I don't know. It's a good Shut point, up. but <laughs> I disagree, John. <laughs> you just said you agreed. You said that's a good point, and now you're saying, "Oh, I disagree." <laughs> well, I changed my mind. I did. I, I anyways, Johnny. I think you're full of shit. I'm I, unraveling I you with logic, and I apologize for that. Johnny, you're not winning anything. Amy, I'm winning uh, that 250. You're going to be 250 liar. <laughs> All right, Johnny, maybe, maybe not. So listen, uh, you did a great job, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on. Sorry about all the technical issues. Probably people are happy because I just let you keep talking. I didn't (laughs) jump in at all. So they're like, thank God. Maybe China (laughs) listens to this podcast. Like, dude, let her fucking talk. And they just shut it down. Um, But I appreciate you for coming on. Is there anywhere you want people to find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on BitChute, Rumble, Twitter, Instagram, Amy Says WTF. Amy, if you could send me all those links on Twitter, I will add them to the description. Uh, this is great. Amy, I got to get you on the uh, Conspiracy uh, Social Hour, Social Club, so you yeah. can school Brian <laughs> on the Jesuits and how yeah. important they are. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. No problem. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We uh, Number 400 is this week, and we will have Isaac Weisenbahn, and we're breaking down the movie They Live. So thank you guys for coming in. It's going to be a great – dude, it's been a great 400, 
and uh, we're just going to hopefully do another 400. So thank you, Amy, again. Thank you, Xavier Guerrero. Thank you, Johnny, even though you're wrong a lot. Like a lot <laughs> it, it almost hurts the credibility of the show. We'll see. I'll bad you're, we'll see. you're wrong. And uh, we'll do it again soon, okay? Take care, everybody. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.